0: Lemore Darthur, King Arthur and of his noble knights of the round table by Sir Thomas MALORY Volume one. Chapters one through five. Chapter one How uther Pendragon sent for the Duke of Cornwall and Ingrain his wife, and of their departing suddenly again. It befell in the days of uther Pendragon when he was king of all England. And so reigned that there was a mighty duke in Cornwall that held war against him long time. And the duke was called the Duke of Tentagill. And so by means King Euthyeth sent for this duke, charging him to bring his wife with him. For she was called a fair lady and a passing wife, and her name was Egrain. So when duke and his wife were come unto the king, by the means of great lords they were accorded both. The king liked and loved this lady well, and he made them great cheer out of measure, and desired to have lain by her. But she was a passing good woman, and would be assent unto the king. And then she told the duke her husband, and said, I suppose that we were sent, for that I should be dishonored? Wherefore, husband, I counsel you, that we depart from hence suddenly, that we may ride all night unto our own castle, and in likewise, as she said, so they departed, and that neither the king nor none of his council were aware of their departure. All so soon, as King Uther knew of their departing so suddenly he was wonderly wroth. Then he called to him his privy counsel and told them of the sudden departing of the duke and his wife. Then they advised the king to send for the duke and his wife by a great charge. And if so, he will not come at your summons, then may ye do your best. Then have ye cause to make mighty war upon him. So that was done, and the messengers had their answer, and that was with shortly that neither he nor his wife would not come at him. Then was the king wonderly wroth, and then the king sent him plain word again and bade him be ready and stuff him and garnish him. For within forty days he would fetch him out of the biggest castle that he had. When the duke had his warning and none he went and furnished and garnished two strong castles of his of the which the one hight Tentagel and the other castle hight Terribil. So his wife a siege about the castle of Terribil and there he piped many pavilions And there was great war made on both parties, as much people slain. And for pure anger and for great love of fair Ingrid, the king Uther fell sick. So came to the king Uther, Sir Uliphus, a noble knight, and asked the king why he was sick. I shall tell thee, said the king, I am sick for anger and for the love of fair Ingrid, that I may not be whole. Well, my lord said, Sir Euphorus, I shall seek Merlin, and he shall do you remedy, that your heart shall be pleased. So Eulyphus departed, and by adventure he met Merlin in a beggar's array. And there Merlin asked Eulyphus, whom he sought, and he said he had little ado to tell him. Well, said Merlin, I know whom thou seekest, for thou seekest Merlin. Therefore seek no further, for I am he. And if King Uther will well award me and be sworn until me to fulfill my desire, that shall be his honor and profit for more than mine. For I shall cause him to have all his desires, all this will I undertake, said Ulyphus. That there shall be nothing reasonable, but thou shalt have thy desire. Well, said Merlin, he shall have his intent and desire. And therefore, said Merlin, ride on your way, for I will not be long behind. Chapter 2 How Uther Pendragon made war on the Duke of Cornwall and how by the mean of Merlin he lay by the duchess and Gat Arthur. Then Euphilus was glad and rode on more than a pace till that he came to King Uther Pendragon, and told him he had met with Merlin. Where is he? said the king. Sir, said Euphilus, he will not dwell long. Therewithal, Ulysses was where, where Merlin stood at the porch of the pavilion's door, and then Merlin was bound to come to the king. When King Uther saw him, he said he was welcome, sir. Said Merlin, "I know all your heart, every deal, so ye will be sworn unto me as ye be a true king anointed to fulfil my desire." You shall have your desire. Then the king was sworn upon the four evangelists. Sir, said Merlin, this is my desire. The first night that ye shall lie by England, ye shall get a child on her. And when that is born, that it shall be delivered to me for to nourish it, there as I will have it. For it shall be your worship, and the child's avail as mickle as a child is worth. I will well, said the king, as thou wilt have it. Now make you ready, said Merlin. This knight shall lie with Ingrid in the castle of Tentacle, and ye shall be the duke her husband. Euliphas shall be like Sir Baratius, a knight of the duke, and I will be like a knight that hight Sir Jordanus a knight of the duke. But wait, ye may not many questions with her, nor her men, but shall ye are diseased, and so hie you to bed, and rise not on the morn till I come to you. For the castle of Tentacle is but ten miles hence. So this was done as they devised. But the duke of Tentacle is spied, how the king rode from the seas of Terrebell, and therefore the night he issued out of the castle at a postern for to have distressed the king's host. And so, through his own issue, the duke himself was slain or ever the king came to the castle of Tentacle. So, after the death of the duke, King Uthel lay with Ingrid more than three hours after his death. So beget on her that night, Arthur. And on day came Merlin to the king and bade him make him ready. And so he kissed the lady angry and departed in all haste. But when the lady heard tale of the duke her husband, and by all record he was dead, or ever King Euthera came, then she marveled who that might be that lay with her in likeness of her lord. So she mourned privily and held her peace. Then all the barons by one asset prayed the king of accord. Betwixt the lady Ingrid and him, the king gave them leave for fain would he have been accorded with her. So the king put all the trust in Eulaphis to entreat between them. So by the entreaty, At the last the king and she met together. Now will we do well, said Euleth. Our king is a lusty knight and wifely and my lady Ingrid is a passing fair lady. It were great joy unto us all and it might please the king to make her his queen. Until that they all well accorded and moved in to the king. And Annan like a lusty knight, he assented thereto with good will, and so in all haste they were married in the morning with great mirth and joy. And King Lot of Lothonian and of Orkney then wedded Margos, that was Gawain's mother, and King Netris of the land of Garlot wedded Elaine. All this was done at the request of King Uther, and the third sister, Morgan Le Fay, was put to school in a nunnery, and there, she learned so much that she was a great clerk of necromancy, and after she was wedded to King Urrings of the land of Gore, that was Sir Ewain's la, Blanchman's father chapter 3 of the birth of king arthur and of his nurture then queen ingrain waxed daily greater and greater so it befell after within half a year as king uther lay by his queen he asked her by the face she owed to him whose was the body then she sore abashed to give answer this may you not, said the king, but tell me the truth, and I shall love you better, but the faith of my body. Sir, she said, I shall tell you the truth. The same night that my lord was dead, the hour of his death, as his knights record, there came into my castle of Tentacle a man like my lord in speech and in countenance, and two knights with him in likeness of his two knights, Bratisius and Jordan. And so I went unto bed with him, as I ought to do with my lord. And the same night I shall answer unto God, this child was begotten upon me. That is truth, said the king, as ye say, for it was I myself that came in the likeness, and therefore dismay you not. For I am father of the child, and there he told her all the cause, how it was by Merlin's counsel. Then the queen made great joy when she knew who the father of her child. Soon came Merlin unto the king, and said, "Sir, ye must purvy you for the nourishing of your child, as thou wilt." Said the king, "Be it." Well said, Merlin. I know a lord of yours in this land that is a passing true man and a faithful and he shall have the nourishing of your child and his name is Sir Hector and he is a lord of fair livelihood in many parts in England and Wales and this lord Sir Hector let him be sent forth for to come and speak with you and desire him yourself as he loveth you, that he will put his own child to nourishing to another woman, and that his wife nourishes yours. And when the child is born, let it be delivered to me at yonder privy postern, unchristened. So, like as Merlin devised, it was done. And when Sir Ector came, he made fiance to the king. For to nourish the child like as the king desired, and there the king granted Sir Ector great rewards they then when the lady was delivered, the king commanded two knights and two ladies to take the child bound in cloth of gold, and that ye deliver him to what poor man ye meet at the postern gate of the castle, so the child was delivered unto Merlin. And so he buried forth unto Sir Ector, and made an holy man to christen him, and name him Arthur. And so Sir Ector's wife nourished him with her own hap. Chapter 4 Of the Death of King Uther and Dragon Then within the two years, King Uther fell sick of a great malady. And in the meanwhile his enemies observed upon him, and did a great battle upon his men, and slew many of his people. Sir, said Merlin, ye may not lie so as ye do, for ye must to the field though ye ride on an horselift, for ye shall never have the better of your enemies, but if your person was there, and there shall ye have the victory. so it was done as merlin had devised and they carried the king forth in a horse litter with a great host towards his enemy and at sir albin's there met the king a great host of the north and that day sir eulipus and sir bratius did great deeds of arms and king Uther's men overcame the northern battle and slew many people and put the remnant to flight. And then the king returned unto London and made great joy of his victory. And then he fell passing sore sick, So that three days and three nights he was speechless. Wherefore all the barons made great sorrow and asked Merlin what counsel were best. There is none other remedy, said Merlin, but God will have his will. But look ye all, barons, be before King Uther to mourn, and God and I shall make him to speak. So on the morn, all the barons with Merlin came to for the king. Then Merlin said aloud unto King Uther, Sir, shall your son Arthur be king after your days of this realm with all the appurtenances Then Euthers pendragons turned him and said in hearing of them all, I give him God's blessing and mine, and bid him pray for my soul and righteously and worshipfully that he claim the crown upon forfeiture Of my blessing. And therewith he yielded up the ghost, and then was he interred as long to a king. Wherefore the queen, fair Ingrain, made great sorrow in all the barons. CHAPTER five How Arthur was chosen king and all wonders and marvels of a sword taken out. Of a stone, by the said Arthur. Then stood the realm in great jeopardy long while, for every lord that was may, was mighty of men, made him strong, and many ween to have been king. Then Merlin said to the Archbishop of Canterbury, and counsel him for to send for all the lords of the realm and all the gentlemen of arms. That they should to London. Come by Christmas. Upon pain of cursing. For this cause. That Jesus. That was born on that night. That he would of his great mercy. Show some miracle. As he was come to be king of mankind. For to show some miracle. Who should be right wise. King of this realm. So the archbishop. By the advice of Merlin sent for all the lords and gentlemen of arms, that they should be, they should come by Christmas even unto London, and many of them made them clean of their life, that they pray might be more acceptable unto God. So in the greatest church of London, whether it were Paul's or not the French book marketh no mention all the estates were long or day in the church for to pray. And when Matins and the first mass was done, there was seen in the churchyard against the high altar, a great stone four square, like unto a marble stone, and in midst thereof was like an anvil of steep, a high on foot, and therein Stuck a fair sword naked by the point, and letters there were written in gold about the sword that said, Thus, whoso pulleth out this sword of this stone and anvil is rightwise king born of all England. Then the people marveled and told it to the archbishop. I command, said the archbishop, that ye keep you within the church and pray unto God still that no man touch the sword till the high mass be all done so when all masses were done all the lords went to behold the stone and the sword and when they saw the scriptures some assayed such as would have been king but none might stir the sword nor move it he is not here said the archbishop that shall achieve the sword but doubt not God will make him known but this is my counsel," said the Archbishop, "that we let be ten knights, men of good fame, and they to keep the sword. So it was ordained, and then there was made a cry that every man should assay that would, for to win the sword. And upon New Year's Day the barons let make a just and a tournament that all knights. That would Joyce and Turney, there might play, and all this was ordained to keep the lords together and the common. For the archbishop trusted that God would make him known that should win the sword. So upon New Year's Day, when the service was done, the barons rode unto the field, some to Joyce and some to Turney, and so it happened that Sir Ector, that had great livelihood about London rode unto the just and with him rode Sir Kay his son and young Arthur that was his nourished brother and Sir Kay was made knight at all hollow mass afore so as they rode to the just ward Sir Kay lost his sword for he had left it at his father's lodging and so he prayed young Arthur for to ride for his sword I will well said Arthur and rode fast after the sword and when he came home the lady and all went out to see the justice then was Arthur and he said to himself I will ride to the churchyard and take the sword with me that sticketh in the stone for my brother Sir Kay shall not be without a sword this day So when he came to the churchyard, Sir Arthur alighted and tied his horse to the stile. And so he went to the tent and found no knights there, for they were out just. And so he handed the sword by the handle and lightly and fiercely pulled it out of the stone and took his horse and rode his way until he came to his brother Sir Kay, and delivered him the sword. And as soon as Sir Kay saw the sword, he wist well it was the sword of the stone. And so he rode to his father, Sir Ector, and said, Sir, lo here is the sword of the stone, wherefore I must be king of this land. When Sir Ector beheld the sword, he returned again and came to the church, and there they alighted, all three, and went into the church. And Anon, he made Sir Kay swear upon the book how he came to the sword. Sir, said Sir Kay, by my brother Arthur, for he bought it to me. How got ye this sword? said Sir Edgar to Arthur. Sir, I will tell you, when I came home for my brother's sword, I found nobody at home to deliver me his sword. And so I thought my brother Sir Kay should not be swordless. So I came hither eagerly and pulled it out of the stone without any pain. Found ye any knights about the sword? said Sir Ector. Nay, said Arthur. Now, said Sir Ector to Arthur, I understand ye must be the king of, the, of this land. Wherefore I? said Arthur, and for what cause? Sir, said Ector, for God will have it so. For there should never man have drawn out this sword, but he that shall be rightwise king of this land. Now let me see whether ye can put the sword there as it was, and pull it out again. That is no mastery, said Arthur. And so he put it in the stone. Wherewithal, said Sir Ector, assayed to pull out the sword, and failed. End of Limor, Darther, Volume 1, Chapters 1 through 5